Hey, it's Rob West. Before we get to the podcast, did you know that the MoneyWise app is an organized way for married couples to manage their finances and plan for future goals together? You can choose from one of three options depending on your management style, and it's available in both desktop and mobile versions. You can get this great biblical money management solution by going to moneywise.org and clicking the Manage tab. Now, here's the podcast. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 6. I am Rob West. God's Word has a lot to say about being generous, but it also repeatedly cautions us to be wise in our affairs. I'll talk about how you can be both wise and generous today. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, this is the time of year when many of us are thinking about how we can be more generous to God's kingdom with year-end giving. Despite uncertainties about the economy, it's a time to be thankful for God's provision and to show our gratitude. Psalm 106.1 tells us, Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. So naturally, we want to show our gratitude with our giving. But this isn't just about writing checks to various ministries with funds we have left over when all the December bills are paid. We must also be wise with our giving. Proverbs 3.13 teaches, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. You see, the first step in becoming a wise giver is taking some time to think and pray about where to give. Your local church should be foremost on your mind, but beyond that, what ministries are you passionate about? Is it supporting missionaries, distributing Bibles, or perhaps helping crisis pregnancy centers that offer alternatives to abortion? Second uh, Corinthians 9.7 tells us, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Obviously, you're more likely to be a cheerful giver if you're passionate about the ministries and work you're supporting. Now, how do you find ministries that are doing the work you're passionate about? Well, there are better ways than just Googling and hoping for the best. Uh, You want to make sure that the ministries you support are first efficient, meaning that administrative costs are kept to a minimum, and second, that they're effective and actually making a difference. The best way we know of to select efficient and effective ministries to support is by contacting our friends at the National Christian Foundation. Uh, They can guide you through the process and make excellent recommendations. Uh, They can also help you set up a giving fund at NCF to maximize your giving and minimize your tax bill. An NCF giving fund makes it easy to donate not only cash and checks, but also non-cash gifts like stocks and business interests. At ncfgiving.com, you can browse thousands of charity profile pages. Once you've set up your giving fund, which takes just minutes, you can choose ministries that you're passionate about, and NCF sends them money for you right out of your account. You can spread your giving over several years while enjoying the full tax benefit now. 
But you may want to do some digging on your own, and a good place to start is with the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability at ECFA.org. It doesn't rate ministries, but rather provides accreditation to those that adhere to standards of responsible stewardship, including doctrinal issues, governance, financial oversight, transparency, even staff salaries and truthfulness. If a ministry has the ECFA seal of financial accountability, you can rest assured that it's on the up and up. Sadly, there are some bad actors out there, organizations claiming to be Christian ministries that are fraudulent. So you do have to be careful. Another good place to check for potential fraudsters is ministrywatch.org. The stated mission of this watchdog organization is to promote transparency, accountability, and credibility of Christian ministries. To help donors make wise decisions, Ministry Watch creates profiles for church and parachurch ministries. It identifies organizations and their leadership that may be engaged in misleading behavior or wasteful spending practices. But Ministry Watch also identifies ministries that operate in good faith and are run efficiently. You may want to do some giving outside of Christian ministries, and you can check out potential charities at give.org. It's an arm of the Better Business Bureau that evaluates and accredits charities based on various standards, including complaints, donor privacy, and conflicts of interest. Give.org also lets you file a complaint against a charity, read and write reviews, and get tips on giving. So there are any number of places where we can check out potential ministries and charities for our year in giving so we can be wise givers. This is Money Wise. For a little while anyway, we have a new name coming in January, but we'll talk about that more later. But by any name, it's always biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Stick around. Siri, what's the best way to save for college? Hmm, I'm not sure. Well, what does the Bible say about co-signing for a loan or investing for retirement? I don't know that either, but you can find those answers on the free MoneyWise app. Really? Sure. You can connect with the online community and get answers and encouragement from MoneyWise coaches. That sounds great. Siri, download the MoneyWise app. Got it. Learn, Learn more, more at MoneyWise.org. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing and the MoneyWise program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Soundmind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. Uh, let's head right to the phones. Illinois, John, you'll be our first caller today. Go right ahead, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Um, uh, I'm going to send uh, about, uh, or rather, over twenty thousand dollars to my brother in Arizona, 
uh, from an inheritance, uh, I'm going to send it in uh, $5,000 increments. Aside from a wire transfer, uh, what would be your first, second, and third choice in sending that money uh, in terms of safety? Yeah, Uh, I appreciate that, John. Uh, Why, though, a second and third option? Because a wire uh, transfer would be my preferred choice. It's considered extremely safe. It's a secure transaction, which is initiated by authorized personnel at a bank uh, or a non-bank wire transfer service. And once they're initiated, they can't be canceled. Uh, So that would be both a quick, reliable, but also a safe way to move money. Um, so would you be able to just go with that option? I would uh, prefer not to um, where the the money, the uh, bank that it's in, um, I have reason to believe, well, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, trust that uh, a mistake will not be made. Ah, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the challenge is, I mean, you could, I guess the other option would be to send a certified check, um, a certified bank check. You know, the other transfer services like Zelle and Venmo, they're going to have limits uh, that would be lower, I think, than the amount you're looking to send with these $5,000 increments. Um, so if you're not going to use a wire transfer, I'd probably go with a, a certified check if I were you. And may I ask, what about um, an ACH uh, transfer from that from uh, that the bank to to his credit union? Uh, yeah, but you'd be talking about the uh, the same institution though that you didn't feel comfortable with doing the wire, correct? Uh, that's that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that uses the automated clearinghouse network, which is intrabank and all of the banks, uh, you know, this is the network between banks. But, you know, uh, I like the wire better. And if you're relying on the bank to issue the ACH using the automated clearinghouse to transfer between another bank versus the same bank initiating that wire and sending it out, I'd probably go with the wire transfer and it you know, in the same way that the ACH would, it would also rely on the bank to uh, act on your wishes. But um, I think I would go, you, you could certainly use either of those. I'd choose the wire first. And then if you wanted to go with more of a paper approach, you could go and get that certified check. You'd have it physically in your hand and then you'd be relying on the you know, safety of the uh, the delivery service where you could insure it and track it, but um, obviously it would not be going electronically. You'd have to rely on, you know, whatever shipper you were using at that point. So I think, John, I would feel best about a wire, but I wouldn't have a problem with an ACH. I see what you're saying. Um, and in terms of um, uh, what about the... Uh, U.S. mail as opposed to uh, UPS or FedEx. Yeah, if it's if it's me, just given uh, some of the challenges uh, I know many have experienced with the U.S. Postal Service as of late, I would trust the reliability of one of the other carriers that you referenced, either FedEx or UPS, and uh, you could certainly put insurance on it, but more importantly, you can track it. And um, I would do priority overnight with that. But um, I think in either case, um, you know, my preference, I think, in order uh, of importance might be wire and then ACH and then uh, 
uh, and then personal um, uh, cashier's check. All right. Let me ask you one other thing. What about the cashier's check versus a personal check? Well, I would use a bank check, um, you know, initiate. So that would be drawn on your account, certified check from the bank. Um, and that would be the way that I would go. Uh, that way, uh, you know, you've got obviously the paper trail and you would with your personal check as well. But I'd probably go in and get that certified check if I were you. So uh, that at least give you, gives you some options, John. Uh, I'm, I trust you'll make the right decision. I hope it all works out for you. We appreciate you checking with us, sir. Hey, we have a couple of lines open, so if you'd like to get in on the conversation, we'd love to hear from you today. The number, 800-525-7000. Uh, let's head to, uh, let's see, Illinois. Uh, Miriam, thank you for calling. Go ahead. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, yeah, I have a question. Uh, I have uh, five rental properties, and uh, I was suggested that maybe I should look into an LLC uh, versus um, I did talk to my, my insurance, State Farm Insurance, that they do have an umbrella policy. I just don't know which way to go with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, these are two separate issues, but it, to the extent you're trying to address liability, they have implications. Both of them have implications there. I think the umbrella policy is a no-brainer. Uh, you know, if you're if you have rental properties, uh, you know, you want to have that umbrella policy. You know, probably as much as somewhere between two and five million dollars, given the low cost of an umbrella policy, just to cover you for anything that happens that exceeds. Uh, you know the the limits on the policies you have in place for a whole variety of issues. So I think that one is just an automatic. Um, as to the LLC, you could uh, check with an attorney on the liability and a CPA on the tax side. Uh, you know, the idea is that it protects your personal assets in the event of a lawsuit. For tax purposes, it's what's called a pass-through entity. So the income and losses pass through uh, to the members who then pay taxes on the net gains based on their personal tax rate. Uh, you can have many owners, uh, you know, uh, for uh, that create a separate LLC for each property, which protects the others uh, if one becomes subject to a lawsuit. And they're pretty easy and inexpensive to form. Uh, they're not completely lawsuit proof. They do require some extra filing and annual fees. And you've got to pay FICA taxes as a member of an LLC. Um, and if you have to finance the property, that LLC ownership makes it a little more challenging. Uh, but apart from that, it can serve the purpose of providing some additional protection for liability. So I would say um, if this is something you're considering, I'd uh, get the counsel of an attorney um, and then uh, make sure you're talking to your CPA about it. But I think that umbrella policy is a no-brainer. No-brainer umbrella. Okay. Now, do I need to have like a um, – I, I don't know because they have said that I might need to have a number, a FIN – not a FIN number, but IT number. Um, yes. I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure if I, I need that. So that, that's considered like a LLC, right, like a commercial license? Yeah, it needs an EIN number, uh, but – 
if it has uh, any employees and it has to file tax forms. Um, but, uh, you know, single member LLCs are disregarded, um, and, but it's very easy to obtain that EIN number. So that would be something you would have to do. You just apply for that um, online at irs.gov. Uh, but that's an employee identification number. Hey, we appreciate your call, Miriam. All the best to you and these uh, ventures that you have going. Hey, we'll be right back on MoneyWise. A lot more still to come. Don't go anywhere. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find daily questions to reflect on and practical exercises paired with scripture for spiritual and financial growth. Right now, you can request your copy of the Money Seeking God's Wisdom 31-day devotional with a gift of any amount at moneywise.org. We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the MoneyWise program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at eventideinvestments.com. That's eventideinvestments.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you as we take your calls and questions from all across the country. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Bradenton, Florida. Jeff, go right ahead. Hi. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of a weird question, but like, so I moved in um, with my in-laws to save some money so I could get out uh, with the wife and, and, and stuff like that. So we can get a, a new house and stuff, but then the economy and all of that stuff, the price hike couldn't afford anything. And, um, long story short, we're close to being able to move out and get a, um, a town home or something like that. I'd say, um, we only ever lived in an apartment. Then we moved back in with the in-laws just to save some money. And then four decisions were made from my in-laws portion of things. And, um, I don't, now they're in a financial deficit and it's kind of like this thing where it's like, okay, do we stay and help them financially or what, what do I do? Like, I mean, I know Bible says bear one another's burdens, but at the same time, I got to take care of my family, but they're all yeah. my family. So it's just like weird. I don't understand. And it, it hurts my wife because like my, my gut instinct is no, I mean, I got to take care of me, you, and, and we have a nine-month-old. So it's sure. like, what do I, you know what I mean? Like, yes. And I just started a career, so like I'm not making like a lot of money right now, and my wife yeah. is, you know, part-time. So it's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, I can certainly appreciate that, uh, Jeff. And I know you want to honor uh, your in-laws. You want to honor the Lord. The Bible, of course, says we're to look after our family and help when we're able. But I think there's a point where that help can become harmful if you don't have the resources to do that. Um, so uh, essentially, you all are living together still at this point and sharing expenses. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is it was intentional that we were going to be there for a time you know, and then helping each other. But, yeah. you know, they, they've helped us out so much. And it's just like, I'm, I'm, I feel guilty because, oh, well, they helped us in our time of need. 
and now they're in need and I'm just going to dip. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And what's the long-term solution here? I mean, are they retired? Is there any reason to believe things will get better? Is this a, just a need they're going to have for the rest of their lives because they have a, an income gap? What's going on? It's going to be a lifetime thing, I think. Um, okay. And it's, is it their home that they own? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's their home that the loan owns, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. But they're the ones who purchased it. You moved in with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is that need per month that they're short? Oh, geez. I mean, I'm not privy to that information. I, I, I've always, I mean, being the being the son-in-law, I don't, I don't want to yeah. ask all that detailed stuff yet, just because I don't yeah. feel like it's my place. But um, sure. I, I mean, sure. more than I would, I'll tell you that much. But yeah. I mean, any amount would obviously help. And are there other siblings beyond your wife? Yeah. So, and that's the. It, it gets a little bit more complicated. They, they're also in a pickle. So, like the only, the, the, the most stable one in there in the family would be my family, which is yeah. you know not not saying much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you need obviously you and your wife need to sit down, talk through this, and pray through this. What is she in, uh, encouraging uh, you all to stay put to be able to continue to help in this situation, or what? What is it that she would like to do at this point? I think at this point, it's just a state of utter confusion. Um, I don't think that we have, that's why I call, because I don't normally call radio stations, you know, like, it's just a state of utter confusion. Like, we don't know what to do. It's just like, the enemy's just got such a massive influence on on what's going on right now. And then economically, like, even if we move out, is it wise? Can we sustain that? You know, we want another baby. And it's just like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I, I think the next step is really to get more information. Uh, you all need to really sit down and crunch your numbers for yourselves, uh, separate from uh, living with uh, your in-laws, and just say, if we were to move out, where would we go? I mean, rental prices are sky high right now. I don't know if you're looking to buy something, but if you do, uh, housing prices are high. You need at least 20% down. It doesn't sound like you have that saved up. So I think the first step is just to say, what does our plan look like for us to kind of launch out onto our own. Can we make the numbers balance uh, in the budget and do it in a way that's productive? And if so, I think that's great. Now you've got that information. And then second to that would be what is the real need that exists there for uh, her parents? And what choices do you have? Let's not get into a binary trap, which is, you know, do we stay or do we go? There's a whole host of options. It could be that you all move out and get on your own, uh, which I think is healthy. And especially if you can afford to do that financially. And then maybe there's something that needs to happen with them. Maybe they need to sell and downsize. Maybe they, you buy something with an in-law suite and they come live in your home and, you know, help you buy someplace a little bigger than you would have been able to provide otherwise. But at least now you all have your home and, you know, you've got a long term plan where you don't feel like you're in limbo. But none of that can happen until you all have a good read on both your situation and the viability of it financially. And you know what's truly going on in their finances, which perhaps your wife does that with them without you there, if if that's more comfortable. At some point, you know, if you're going to be involved in this, you're going to have to be privy to the details. But she perhaps could have that initial conversation just to say, listen, we want to be totally honest. We're trying to get out on our own financially and start building our financial life. We love you guys. We want to honor you. And and we're committed to you know doing whatever we can within the resources we have. But let's talk about it. Let's look at the numbers. Let's get a plan. Maybe there's a third party that comes in like a one of our coaches or an advisor who can, you know, provide some objective counsel. And then 
then I think once you have the information, now you can say, okay, Lord, we've got the data. Now give us wisdom to navigate this. And there could be any whole, you know, host of options. One could be you all just, you know, provide some supplement, so supplemental income to them and they stay put. Again, they might sell and move in with you guys. Uh, maybe you could get the rest of the siblings together and say, listen, we need to come up with $1,000 a month. How are we going to do it, uh, you know, to support the in-laws? Uh, you know, we've got to look at all of the options, but none of that can happen, Jeff, until you all have clarity about where you all truly stand financially and then what their real need is as well. Okay. All right. Thank you much, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you and your wife need to first pray, ask the Lord to give you some wisdom. I think you all need to have this conversation about the path forward, and then you guys need to go to work on starting to crunch some numbers, and then you're going to have to sit down with her parents and you know, just do it in love and uh, make sure it's clear that, you know, this is your intention. Uh, you don't want to leave them high and dry, but you want to work toward a productive solution. And I can't imagine they wouldn't want you all to be out on your own, kind of getting your own financial house in order as well. So um, all the best to you as you navigate that. We'll ask our MoneyWise community to be praying for you, sir. God bless you. Well, before we run today, I want to ask you about how you think about money. Do you control how you spend it, save it, and give it, or does it seem to control you? Well, every day we talk about what the Bible has to say about money and how important it is to have a plan for how we manage it. If you haven't already done so, let me recommend that you check out the free MoneyWise app and let it help you get started on building a plan and working that plan so you control your money rather than it controlling you. You can find links to it on our website at moneywise.org. I'm Rob West. Many thanks to our amazing broadcast team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time, right here on MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.